0: Hey folks, just a quick word about this podcast. The content that we are discussing is biblical, but it may not be appropriate for smaller or younger children. I know some of you listen to this with your children, uh, but I would advise you uh, not to at this present moment. There will be others that the children will be able to listen to, but this one in particular, I would just caution you on the subject matter. So without further ado, here we go.
1: This is Truth Talks.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Here with me today uh, is the pastor of Belcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? Doing really good, buddy. Yeah, pastor is not his first name. Matt is his first name. I don't know why I said pastor twice. But anyway, uh, we are halfway through uh, an amazing Bible study uh, on sexual sin uh, here in our church. And uh, the pastor has actually been, Matt has been taking us through that. And it's based off of the book by Professor John Street called Passions of the Heart. Dr. Professor John Street. Uh, he's actually a uh, biblical counseling mm-hmm. is, is what he does yeah. uh, at the Master's Seminary. And uh, we have been... Uh, I mean, it's impacted very greatly by this book and uh, not necessarily by John Street, but how he points us to the scripture and shows us what our heart is and what our heart is really all about and uh, how God works. So since we're at the halfway point, uh, I felt that we need to just kind of talk through a few things and kind of give a uh, not necessarily a synopsis, but more of a like, hey, this is what we've talked about. This is where we're going, mm-hmm. in light of uh, you know where our hearts are and what we've learned so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really am. I was really shocked reading through a lot of this book. Uh, currently, I'm on chapter five. I read ahead a little bit, but uh, I will just give you the uh, the titles of the chapters for the first part: uh, preparing the heart for change, heart idolatry and sexuality, heart idolatry and sexual enslavement heart, idolatry, and deep passions. Mm. And uh, page three through page 87 have been extremely impactful, but even the preface, I never read the preface of any book, yeah. but I'm glad I did, uh, because it takes you through uh, the story of the, the, the raccoon yep. and yep. the, the trap raccoon. Yep. So uh, Matt, I, the first question I wanna ask you about this, uh, what made you decide to do you know this particular study
1: yeah so this has been something i've talked to the elders about for mm-hmm. a couple years mm-hmm. because uh, i have seen this sin so uh prolifically manifested in many churches mm-hmm. in the lives of many ministers mm-hmm. pastors uh people that uh, definitely know better I've seen many men disqualified from ministry because of sexual sin. I've seen many men need to step down. I've seen many men ruin their lives and the lives of their families. I've seen many churches ruined in the sense of just uh, destroyed on multiple levels because of leadership, um, um, infidelity, both personally and as well as uh, on many sickening levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am just sharing with our elder board even over two years ago that this problem not just in the church locally, and it is a problem in our area, but even globally, internationally, hmm. story after story that I know of personally and um and it's it's not surprising to me, but it saddens me mm-hmm. because this ought not be right and um, we 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 are freed from this problem in the gospel mm-hmm. and so there's nothing here that the gospel hasn't freed us from and given us the power to fight and there's hope and yet so many of the men that i've known personally and talked to it's like they're always in this zone of hopelessness mm-hmm. and like i had no other choice this is who i am and just a heart full of lies and so I, I just kept sharing with our elders i need to teach this i need to teach this to our men as well as wherever the lord would allow and but the struggle with me as always is i just don't have enough time because i'm teaching so much right right and uh so I had been praying, even talked to some of our men mm-hmm. who I've, you know, worked with about this issue and said, I really want to teach a class on this. And uh, of course, they're just like, please, pastor. Mm-hmm. So it was I was compelled and confronted and even convicted. And then just I'm always looking for the books that are coming out from good guys and mm-hmm. saw this book coming out by who mm-hmm. was Dr. Street, who I know personally. He was one of my professors and just a dear brother in the Lord. And when I saw the book, I already knew it was going to be good mm-hmm. because much of the material was stuff that was interwoven into our seminary notes when he taught us counseling in seminary. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew uh, uh, not all of it, but a lot of it was familiar to me. Right. and uh, But when I read the book and saw how well done it was and how clear, I was just like, without question my excuse was taken away i had no excuse for not teaching the class because dr street essentially did the work right and so now all i needed to do was figure out how i was going to be a good teacher Mm -hmm. and disseminate the material which is still not an easy task but um yeah so so i went to the elders and said look here's what's happened i have no other excuse i don't have time to do this class Mm -hmm. (laughs) right honestly but i have no excuse we have to do it no matter what yeah and of course the results have been phenomenal in the sense of the interactions and the impact across many levels many lives and multiple churches so mm-hmm. that's where we're at yeah yeah
0: so as far as the uh the study is concerned um you were you first of all professor street is a, a what would, he, what would he be considered? I know he does biblical counseling. He's, a, he's
1: an elder at Grace Church. Right. So he's, he would be considered, he's one of their pastors in the sense of a, on a lay level. But he's the he's teaches in the seminary, but he's over the counseling, whole counseling department at the Masters University. So is and that so, like
0: a psychologist, is that a therapist? No, it's like a biblical counselor. Biblical counselor. Yes, so what is the difference between that and yeah, yeah. regular like therapy? Like I'm going to my doctor, yeah. you know, who's a psychologist, who study is a therapist. What is the difference yeah, between?
1: There's a uh, there's a massive difference. In okay. It, so in psychology, um, which is in many ways, uh, it's similar to anthropology, where it's a study of man. But in psychology, man's issues are always going to be outside of man, mm-hmm. right? Even right. even those that are chemically driven, um, or what uh, often is de- is uh, defined as behavior determinism where Mm -hmm. man does what he does because it was determined by his makeup his dna that's that's a big part of psychology um and biblical counseling doesn't doesn't uh isn't driven by that at all it's not driven by your dna it's driven by your nature by way of your sin nature and so biblical counseling sees that your issues are internal, not external. Hmm. Psychology is always going to see your problems as outside of you. It's always going to be something else, someone else, hmm. right? Now, now, it may come down to you need to fix things, you need to do things, but it will never come down to your problem is you. Biblical counseling will always point back to the fact that your issues are flow from your heart because that's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 7, mm-hmm. sexual immorality, lying, thievery, robbery, malice, and the list goes on and on. Jesus says emphatically, it's those things that come out of man that defile him, not what goes into man. And they come out of where? The heart. Mm. All of those things come out of the heart. And so what Dr. Street has done so masterfully in this book, he he has shown biblically clearly that the issue of sexual sin is not sexual sin. It's the idols of man's heart, Mm -hmm. and that takes, then, man to the source of his problem because so often men try to fight sexual sin by putting um, blocks on their computers or -hmm. even removing their computers or whatever it is, all kinds of, you know, web uh, protection, and those things definitely will have their place by way of wisdom, but they will never, ever eradicate that sin from your life. They will not even really help you in the long term it 's a short term barrier which is helpful, right Having a fence around your yard is helpful, but that 's not the issue. The issue is your heart if you don 't deal with your heart, you will never ever deal with the sin and This book goes right to the heart mm-hmm. and uh, and it does it in a very biblical, clear, and practical way mm-hmm. and i and I asked that question
0: because uh, you know, the front of the book says "Biblical Counsel for Stubborn Sexual Sin." Yeah. So, is that like a counselor? That's what I was asking. Is a counselor in a way of like a therapist or a psychologist, someone to kind of help you through your problems? No. But no. this
1: is this is taking the per- the person with the problem to God's Word. Mm-hmm. All the counselor. So let me. I, I can make this really clear. Mm-hmm. All biblical counseling is it's it's just a fancy term for discipleship. Okay honestly. Mm-hmm. Now you can be trained in biblical counseling and, and you should be. And honestly, if we're going to follow scripture, everybody in the church should be a biblical counselor. Mm-hmm. You can read that multiple times in scripture, but you can see it in like first Thessalonians five, where we are all commanded to admonish mm-hmm. one another. That's the Greek word, where it's where we get the idea, "nuthetic counseling, mm-hmm. which is really what biblical counseling is on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the confronting of the mind and how you think, and that's what biblical counseling does. It confronts you with Scripture, mm-hmm. not with man's idea. Psychology is all driven by man, his ideas. Psychology starts out that with man is good, and man can fix himself. This is the basis. This is why psychology and biblical counseling can never be integrated. It's a that's a that's a that's a counseling uh, catchphrase. Integration. A biblical counselor who is biblically accurate understands that you cannot integrate biblical counseling with psychology you can take some things from psychology primarily you can take the case studies that psychologists are known for and they do that and they are helpful where you have a hundred you know thieves and you you examine why they steal and here's the commonality that's helpful right mm-hmm. you to see a pattern mm-hmm. that is uh, common to all and that, that you can use that um, information for good but at the end of the day you can't When you start out with a foundational prognosis, divergence, difference, where psychology says man is inherently good. That's the foundational truth that psychology is built on. Mm -hmm. Man is inherently good. Biblical counseling is nothing more than looking to Scripture. And Scripture says man is inherently bad. Mm -hmm. You can't take those two that have two foundational differences and put them together. and and, And they work. They can't. So that's why we are biblical counselors. We're going to go to Scripture ultimately. Doesn't mean we're not going to uh, read, a, 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 um, taking some of those practices by way of those charts and those data, those yeah study and mm-hmm. data from psychologists that might be helpful. Of course, we will look at that, right? Um, but at the end of the day, our foundation is the Scripture, and so all biblical counseling is. This is this is as simple as it can be. Is it's discipleship. That's all it is because what is discipleship It's taking the word of God to the problem in the person of God and helping them work that out and see this is your problem according to what God has said and here's the answer and here's what you must do that's all discipleship. Mm-hmm. so biblical counseling at its at its most basic level is nothing more than biblical discipleship mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's what it is right and so uh, um, yeah. So a lot of people are confused by that and try to make it more than that. That's really all it is. It's very sp- specific, direct discipleship where you take the word of God and you bring it to the person of God so that they might walk in holiness with God. Mm-hmm. And that's that's literally all it is. That's good. Yeah. that's
0: good. So uh, with that in mind, now jumping into uh, some of the parts of the actual book and what you would um your purpose, you said, behind this is because it is very, very prominent in uh, in the life of uh, of believers, uh, unbelievers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's basically just spread, you know, a, a wide range in our culture. Um, now, the first chapter, preparing your heart for change. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you said uh, that really struck me really, really hard. Uh, talking about David and and the life of David, Mm. you know, David, he, you know, had a lot of compromise in his life and had a lot of things going on. But one thing that you said was that uh, when a man falls into sexual sin, he doesn't fall far. Mm. Uh, Or into like a, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, some type of infidelity or something like that, he doesn't fall far. Yes. Can you you kind of expound on that a little bit and give like more of like, not necessarily an example cuz you mm-hmm. did give an example uh and this mm-hmm. is where i segue into hey if you have not listened to the passions of the heart bible study series on our podcast you know you got to go and stop here yeah. and then go back and listen to them because yeah. they will give you a very very clear picture of what we're talking about talking through the notes talking through all the scriptures that are in the notes which I think it was more scripture than notes, yeah. Uh, so um, can you give me like a kind of like a uh, a succinct
1: like well, here we are, yeah, you know, yeah, so explain what that means correct, yeah, so uh, yeah, absolutely, none of us, all of us right, when we sin it's 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 a conglomeration or a culmination of incremental steps, right, so any big sin, they're all big, but in our in our minds we have uh we classify, you know, these sins. So we would see adultery as a big sin, even though they're all big. But a man that, that is an adulterer was first, right, a man filled with lust. And then before he's a man filled with lust, he's a man filled with greed. And it just, so that's what that means when you say a, a man who falls into sexual sin does not fall far. He has a pattern of sin in his life that has led to that fall, right? Mm-hmm. And so no man ever uh, commits adultery as his first act of sin, right? So he has he has built his uh, habitations, his habits, his sinful habits have built in his life a pathway that has led him to that choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see that again with David, right? So before he ever sins with Bathsheba in Second Samuel eleven he already had defied God's word and had brought to himself many wives, which mm-hmm. he was commanded not to do in Deuteronomy seventeen seventeen. 17. Right. So he was already disobeying God's word, which you see in Second Samuel 3, 2 Samuel 5. You see him uh, sinning on multiple levels there with, with women by way of many wives, and so that where he was already compromising to the point where uh, when he eventually is there with Bathsheba, it's it's not it's not a big leap for him. Mm-hmm. Right. He had already built into his life and his heart when he wanted something. He went after it. Right. Right. And um, and even even staying home when everybody else went out to war was not a good thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, you know, something he shouldn't have done. And so um, there's a there's a myriad of things you can even see in the life of Peter. Right. Before Peter denies Christ, he has a, a myriad of 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 irritations and and aggravations in his life where his arrogance comes out, right, where he's confronting Christ and rebuking Christ and putting himself pridefully, I'll never do that, I'll never do that, I'll never do that, Mm -hmm. right, and to the point where he does it, and it's like, yeah, you could see that coming a mile away, Right. right, and so you see this pattern throughout Scripture, but also in our lives all the time, and so... It, it It is interesting because most men often will feel like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. How did I end up here? Yeah. But if you examine your life clearly, you'll see there, the footprints of our sin are always left, the fingerprints. Like we leave them wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And if the man will do his, like Psalm 19, like David said, search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Try me, right? And If we would do that on a regular basis, we'd be shocked at what we would see yeah. and cut those patterns off before, right? Those sins that are in the heart, cut them off before they become sins in the life, mm-hmm. which is what James 1 talks about, how sin it begins in the heart, right? And yeah. that's where it's, it's that gestation in the womb of the heart. But then it grows like a baby and ultimately is manifested in the life. That's where you know it gets really scary. Yeah. And it's like, no, we need to kill that. Mm -hmm. We need to abort that before it ever comes out. Mm -hmm. Still sin in the heart, right? Still serious. But the way to kill it is at that, is at that level.
0: Yeah. So what you're talking about, and I was turning to that, uh, James one verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is Lord and enticed by his own desire, then desire, which, uh, when it, it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown, gives birth, uh, brings forth death. And, uh, you kind of went through and walked through that and i think uh uh mm-hmm. uh, uh mr lambert or dr lambert i'm uh, sorry Dar- i'm looking at lambert cuz that's who the lamp uh the floor is by dr street yeah. does that uh throughout uh the book as well he just kind yeah. of walks through that whole thing one thing that struck me as uh when when you said that it was you your example was like you know, no guy in the office looks at a woman, gets a wink from him, and then they end up in bed. Exactly, it's kind of like a pattern that it's you kind of go it's a slow, slow pattern. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So he looks at a woman, and then she winks at him, and then they meet at the water cooler mm-hmm. the next week, and then he texts her the following week, and mm-hmm. that's how it works, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it, it's never a fall, f- uh, a far fall. Right? Yeah, it's a trip right he's already he's already started moving that direction and then it's just it's just ends up there right so he Mm -hmm. ends up in the hotel room because he was just at dinner with her the week before and I mean that's how it that's how it works and that's the way all of our all of our sin is because Mm -hmm. as James says it's a process it's a progress Mm -hmm. and it begins in the heart Mm -hmm. the only reason we are tempted and this is what James is saying, is because of the sinful desires that are innate within us. Mm-hmm. Take those sinful desires away. Temptation is gone, yep. right, in that internal temptation. Mm-hmm. And that's what James is pointing out. God doesn't tempt us. He can't tempt any man. He mm-hmm. doesn't tempt any man to evil. But man is tempted because of he's lured and enticed, as it says in James, which are uh, uh, scary terms mm-hmm. used in hunting and fishing by where it's a, it's a lure to trap right? Mm-hmm. And so within our own hearts, we are lured, enticed, and pulled away from God by these passions, these lusts, these, these covetous, uh, greedy uh, desires. And uh, that's, w- that's what does it. And those are sinful. Mm-hmm. And those are in our heart. And most of the time, we don't even know they're there. Mm-hmm. They just well up within us because of our sin nature. And it's at that moment that we see them Right. Mm -hmm. That we must cut that and kill it as as Colossians three, five says, and through repentance, through biblical repentance and be done with that Mm -hmm. and run away from that as Joseph did. And flee, as we're commanded to in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4. And so flee sexual immorality, like flee from that, be done with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, oftentimes that's not what we do. What we do is we coddle it, we let it grow, we Mm -hmm. let it fester, we Mm -hmm. feed it like miracle grow, Mm -hmm. right? And that gets into where we're headed in chapter 4 in this book, this Thursday, where uh, that's how you build habits, the more you go down that path, right. the harder it gets. You yeah. just keep feeding it.
0: You were supposed to tell them that we're recording this before. The oh, I'm sorry. It's I'm okay. Yeah, that's why you're it's the okay. host and I'm not. <laughs> I, I try to make it so that, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, it's after the fourth yeah. one. But um, it, this is this guest in training. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I try to go ahead of time. So it's just like, like not all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. But, yeah, this is going to be uh, Aaron next week uh, which is today when, yeah. when which is when you're hearing it so yeah we did record it last week yeah. you know so what you know we're, we're, we're ahead of time we have planning you know forgive me <laughs> it's fine it's fine so uh, with that in mind um, the you know in the last couple of minutes that we have what I do want to talk about is um, the whole uh, purpose of the, the fourth chapter yeah and you know since you already put us there yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean that's gonna that's gonna take more than three minutes. It's gonna take more than three minutes. Absolutely. Can can I give a summation of where we've come from? Sure. Go I ahead. think that would be helpful. Sure. Because I, it's this book is heavy, right? And uh, we're we're you know four chapters in into it, and I think it's just a, a good summation, which. Which this will get repeated in in the class, but the first chapter is all about seeing our heart for what it is. Mm-hmm. And he did a really good job, Doctor Street did, in showing us biblically what the what the what the heart uh, does and how the heart uh, seeks out its own uh, desires and how sinful and deceptive and defiled the heart is, but how deep and complex it is, how it purposes, it intends, it plans, it thinks. Most people don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. Most people uh, don't understand how Jeremiah seventy nine is so clear, as well as Proverbs twenty one and many other verses that speak of the complexity of man's heart, mm-hmm. and how man's heart is active. It's mm-hmm. it's breathing. It's moving. It's planning. It's intending. It's purposing. It's it's uh, it has its own it has its own will, if you will, in many ways, mm-hmm. right? And uh, most people don't think about that and uh, And so chapter one is is really helpful because it it lines that out. And then in that, Dr. Street is helpful as he shows that it is the heart that is the control center of life. Your body, I think, out of the last chapter in chapter three, has a really good quote where he says, "Your body will joyfully follow the intentions of your heart." Hmm. right? And it, and it will. I mean, your body will just, your members, your your hands, your feet, your, your life will go wherever your heart wants it to go. Mm-hmm. And hence why our hearts. We need a new heart in the gospel, and we need to constantly ca- uh, calibrate our heart according to the word, Romans 12. And so uh, it's important. It's critical. Chapter one was all about that. Chapter two, he goes in and he starts to show the idols of the heart, mm-hmm. right? And how how our hearts are filled with with different idols and bents and what that looks like and what an idol is and how key that is to understanding sexual sin and how they're multifaceted and then he goes in in chapter 3 and he talks about sexual enslavement which is really was really helpful and he shows that that there are two forms of slavery i thought this was this was uh, just so valuable. Mm-hmm. There was the homeborn slave, right. which is the slave that is the unregenerate, unsaved. We're all born homeborn slaves. Mm-hmm. We're all born slaves. And then the forced laborer right and mm-hmm. that's the that's the man who's saved but he goes back to that slavery that muscle memory he goes back to that old way and he feels like he can't get out mm-hmm. and he feels hopeless and this is i've seen so many men in that forced labor state where it's like this is just who i am i'm never going to get out of this mm-hmm. and it's like no 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 don't say that's a lie yeah yeah either if you're a believer yes you're going to get out of it mm-hmm. god guarantees you will if you don't you're not a believer mm-hmm. right but in the meantime you Yes. And uh, that that was chapter 3, chapter 4 now takes us into the whole reality of habits and how those are formed and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So that's a that's kind of a little summation. Hopefully that was helpful. And that it was, was short.
0: Yeah. Thank you all for tuning into the Truth Talks podcast. Uh hope you all learned something today. We'll come back next time and talk more about the book and uh kind of go through a few things. Let me be very clear about it. Chapter 3 and chapter 4 are just amazing chapters. So we're going to talk through some of the things in there. Uh, But thank you all for tuning in. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. Take care.
1: Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Belcroft Bible Church.